The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. to the Jet Press Podcast. My name is Justin Freed. That's Mike Luciano. The New York Jets just won a football game. Not only did they win a football game, Mike, they dominated a game against a team that was 7-5, a playoff team. The Jets won. They snapped a five-game winning losing streak. They scored three touchdowns. What's happening, Mike? What's going on? I'm just thrilled that there's going to be less like existential dread on this podcast, which is what... The, the Miami one in particular, after that game, it just – that was maybe one of the most depressed I've ever felt after a Jets, like, regular season loss that didn't have playoff implications because it was just like, all right, there's nothing. And now there's something. And honestly, I thought there – we'll get into it before. I thought there was going to be nothing at halftime because, man, was that – was that first half ever a snoozer? But they scored 30 points and a half. They scored and 30 half. points and a half. And Zach Wilson did it primarily through Zach Wilson, which yes. we'll get all into that. First, let's get the housekeeping out of the way. You can always find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it may be you get your podcasts. We're on all those sites. And make sure if you really do like the stream, it'll be very appreciated. Give the stream a like. Five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Again, that's just to boost us in the algorithm for the podcasts and for YouTube. That really is a big help for us. So please show your support that way. Let's let's just get into it. First, I want to do some comments before I really get into it. Uh, Patrick Kale, am I dreaming? Nope. Maybe. I don't know. Are we? How do we know? How do we know we're not dreaming? <laughs> Ryan Moss, three touchdowns. It's unprecedented. They had no, they had one in the last like month and a half. Three and a half. Uh, Alan Jerkins, I haven't seen you guys smile in a while. I haven't smiled in a while either. It feels great. I get why people do it now. At least not about the Jets. <laughs> At least not. So let's just try and do this chronologically. Because I thought this was going to be another game, win or lose, that we wouldn't have much to say about. Like The way it was trending after a 0-0 first half where nothing happened. There were no crazy turnovers. There were no like 70-yard touchdowns that got overturned. There was none of that. It was three and out punt, three and out punt for both teams. Yep. Houston, I, I feel bad too because Nico Collins, who we were really looking forward to, he went out early, so we didn't get as a Nico, Nico Collins fantasy owner. I was devastated. I'm not uh, gonna lie. He, he I, would have sauce on him anyway, but still, no Nico I, Collins. I, I curse. I curse MetLife Stadium. I, I <laughs> no <him>. Tank Dell. <laughs> a lot of guys out for Houston. So the, the the Texans' offense wasn't operating at kind of full strength like we'd seen them in the last couple of of weeks. They couldn't get anything going. The Jets at least had some life. Zach Wilson was making some throws, but then you know what happens. They get across midfield, and then there were sacks and penalties and negative runs, and I'm like, okay, here we go again. And then uh, something happened at halftime. Zach Wilson, this not only is this the best start of his career, better than the Kansas City game, he may never play a better half of football, circumstances and all, in his life. And this was not – just Zach Wilson hitting a bunch of guys who were one yard down the field. And then they end up making most of the plays. 
he was making plays in structure, out of structure, vertically, underneath, second read. You couldn't ask for a better half. 301 yards and two touchdowns. Now, he, he had the fumble, but, I mean, let's not – Cindy Crawford had a birthmark too, so let's not be – Let's not be too hard here on Zach Wilson, which is weird coming from us, but I'm glad that this is how he responded because he could have turtled. He could have done more Zach Wilson stuff, but you know what? He came out. He made, you know what? I'm not going to change my opinion on the benching. They needed to at least try something different. Now that they realized that Tim Boyle was not the answer, they went back to him. That seems to have really lit a fire under his ass. And boy, did he respond. Like, we're not going to get this Zach Wilson for the rest of the year, but like, this is what the Jets thought they were getting. And it was nice to finally, after 32 starts, finally see it all come together. There's so much to get into here. Robert Solid talking after the game. He just said he thought this was the best game of Zach Wilson's career. I 100% agree. I mean, you could point to the Chiefs game. You could point to the Bucks game, his rookie season, the Titans game. This was the best I've ever seen Zach Wilson look at the NFL level. The box score, I don't even think it, it paints the entire picture. I think he was arguably... I, I, I mean, it's a great stat line. He was just as good as this stat line indicates. I don't think there's any lying in this box score. I don't think, like you said, there were no like, oh, he wasn't just dinking and dunking and getting chunk plays by, by you know, yards after the catch. Zach Wilson looked great in this game. He genuinely played really, really, really well. Uh, I just credit to him, credit to the, the entire offensive staff for, for getting it out of him. Uh, I think the offensive line also played all right, given the circumstances. I thought Billy Turner was absolutely an upgrade over Max Mitchell when Mitchell went out. I think Jake Hansen was pretty fine at right guard for the most part, which that's kind of wild. I, there's just, there's, there's so much, there's so much to talk about with this, but man, first of all, I'm a little sick. I don't know if you noticed that I was sick of all the fucking losing. Okay. <laughs> I am also sick. Then why are you still sniffling, Justin? I, I am also sick. I wanted to make that joke, but, I, <laughs> but I just feels good to win. Like I want to, I want to get to a comment here really quick from Josh Curran chat, because this kind of, I'm going to tell you about how I'm feeling in this moment. Because he said, are you guys unconcerned with draft positioning on a playoff still a possibility? Is this real WTF? So my thinking here, right? This is this is my, my thought process on this. I went into this game being like, all right, if they lose, they lose. Cool, draft positioning. If they win, cool. If they win, you know, maybe, maybe we can get some momentum going the next year because they are coming back, you know, with basically the exact same regime. However, if they kind of fluked their way into a win, I would have been like, well, it's kind of a meaningless win. It doesn't mean much. The Jets came out here and absolutely dominated all three facets, offense, defense, and special teams completely dominated in every possible way. When you win a game like that, and you're basically going to run it back with the same regime next season, that, that can only be a good thing. I've said this on Twitter multiple times. This is the team the Jets expected to have with Aaron Rodgers. This is how they expected to win games. They expected to win games with a smothering defense, an offense that can score points, and a really good special teams group. They just did that without Aaron Rodgers. That gives me confidence that they can go into next year and do it with Rodgers. Because as much as, sure, I'd like a top five pick, as much as I don't know if it's possible anymore, but they had a possibility of getting a top two pick before this game. I would have loved that, sure. But to do that, you would have had to lose the last 10 games of the season. I don't know how anybody can be confident running it back with the basically the same regime next year and just plugging Aaron Rodgers in to a team that finished with four wins last year and lost their last 10 games and be confident that not only that team can compete for the playoffs, but for a Super Bowl. I wouldn't have been confident. So I'm fine with them winning some games late in the stretch, late, late in the season, especially if they're winning them like this. This is exactly how they wanted to win games this season. They just thought they'd be doing it with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Instead, we got Zach Wilson at his absolute best. I'm happy about that. And it's funny, too, watching this game. Obviously, I'll do like the All-22 watch a little bit later, but 
people were ripping hack people always rip hack and again hackett has done things that deserve to be ripped but the last couple games the atlanta game specifically i'm like he called a good game literally guys are wide open the guy didn't throw it to him and honestly early on it looked like you were starting to see all right he's got a good game plan wilson's hitting guys who are open which is a sharp change because how many times have we complained about the holding the ball the zoning in on one half of the field and neglecting everything else like finally you got to see some evolution he's moving around his head's on a swivel but he finally got a quicker trigger finger he's finally letting the ball go i don't know if finally they said look we just benched you like we know you're probably not going to be back next year like just ball out for five games like maybe some good things will happen and maybe you'll get another job as maybe a competing for a number two job nobody will hand him a number two job but if he plays like this i think he might compete for a number two job yeah because it just like I don't want to be I'm, I'm hard on hacking normally but the last couple games as Robert Sala said watch the all 22 guys are open yeah Tim Boyle just straight up couldn't do anything so it was hard to really like see results from that Wilson who we don't think like super highly of as a quarterback despite today's game like when you just execute certain game plans and hit open guys like Brees Hall having a great receiving game I think he had like 100 yards from scrimmage if you add everything together. Yeah, Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Garrett Wilson may have had better statistical games, but this is easily, I think, one of his best games of his career. Like yeah. he was just every single play open, even when they were keying in on him. The tight ends played very well, Conklin especially. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson must have a perfect passer rating on Tyler Conklin down the seam throws. He's never missed one, and they're all really cool looking. Like it's nice to just finally see, forget competence. It's nice to see people excel. Like, what a sharp change that is. I mean, this is like you're in the middle of the Sahara Desert, and they pick you up and fly you to Nobu and give you a private dinner for crying out loud. It feels like how we felt at the Chiefs game, where we went into the game with zero expectations. Everyone expected Zach Wilson. I mean, no one expected him to be benched after this game, obviously. He had just came back. But nobody had any expectations for the offense. And nobody had any expectations for the offense going into the second half. It was 0-0 at the half. We had, as the, the Sickos committee on Twitter said, an immaculate first half. There were only punts in the first half. Every single drive, with the exception of the last drive, which was just the end of the half, ended in a punt. I, I just remember, like, I'm thinking back. I'm like, there's probably, like, hundreds of people there where that's, like, their first game. And then they yeah. kind of watch, like, all of that. Yeah. I, I remember I was I was at the G- the Geno Smith 2 of 8 with 3 picks game. And we were set, sat in front of a couple from Australia. And they were doing, like, a honeymoon in America and going to a bunch of games. And they're like, are the Jets always this bad? We're like, yep. Yeah. So I just felt so bad watching that first half. I'm like all right, this is going to be another – either way, no matter who wins, it'll be 10 to 3 or 13 to 6. Yeah. And here we are talking about 30 points. Dude, imagine – imagine at the at the halftime saying the final score of this game is going to be 30 to 6. I mean, no one – the Jets would be the ones scoring the 30 points, not C.J. Stroud. The Jets would be the team to score 30 points. I mean, it's insane. Obviously, shout massive props to the defense. Shout it to the defense. We're talking we – could, we could talk more about Zach Wilson in a sec, but – I, I do want to, somebody in chat said this. I said this on uh, on Twitter before. Where is it? Feel free to talk about Reed and Gardner all you want. Like, dude, I've, I've said this on Twitter multiple times today. There is nothing more beautiful to me in the sport of football than perfect cornerback play. It is a thing of beauty when you just see perfect cornerback play in a game. And it's just such a dream for me to have my favorite team, to have this team, the New York Jets, have Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, and Michael Carter. I, it's just we're seeing something truly special with these guys. And yeah, I don't I think know you that- can even put together an argument they're the best three 
in the oh, league. There's no argument. Yeah, there's no I mean, argument. Against it, rather. Yeah, there's there's no argument against that. I mean, you can try the argument if the Cowboys were fully healthy. That's the only argument you can try to possibly make, and I think it'd still be wrong. But I, I just – and I, look, I fully understand Tank Dell's hurt. Nico Coll- – I, I know Nico Collins got hurt. It killed my fantasy team. I'm well aware. Uh, they had Robert Woods, Xavier Hutchinson, John Mechie. Like, they, Dalton Schultz is out. Like, I, I'm well aware of what the Texans were working with on offense. I don't care. These guys are insane. Like Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, Michael Carter II, they deserve so much praise. We are seeing something truly, truly special with them. I don't know if we will ever see a better cornerback trio on this team in our lifetimes. I really, I think it's specifically Reed and Gardner, it might be the best cornerback duo that I've personally ever seen watching football on any team. I, I fully, fully mean that. They're better than Revis and Cavardi. I don't think they're better to Revis, but both of them are, are a significant step up over Antonio Camardi, in my opinion. And that's no shot, no disrespect to Antonio Camardi, who was an awesome player in his own right. I just, I can't say enough good things about the cornerbacks. Quinn Williams, I thought had one of the best games of his entire career as well, or at least of the season. Uh, he was all, he was all over the place. He was dominant. Just, just an amazing game, an amazing game all around the defense. Massive props to them. Uh, this is a really good Texans offense. I know they're missing pieces, but still to allow, what did Stroud finish with? Under 100 passing yards, right? It was 91, 91 passing yards from Stroud. That's it. And and they didn't cross midfield until the second half, yep. and the one score was on the Wilson turnover where they got yep. a short field. That was like, Here's some actual cra- crazy stats. So, uh, Connor Hughes, I got to give credit. He tweeted them out. Uh, not counting penalty first downs because – they had two, including that third and 21 illegal contact, which that, that was a huge miss. The game were terrible, man. But in terms, guess how many first downs the Texans had in this game, non penalty? How many first downs they had? First downs. Three. Well, the, not that, seven, but right, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I was trying to think back. I'm like, how many did they get? Sorry, three might have been a little. All right, I understood a little over there. Sorry. <laughs> third down, one for 12. Fourth down, 0 for 3. I know those were Davis Mills, but still. 128 net yards, 54 net passing yards, and five sacks. Crazy, dude. Graded on a curve for who they were playing, that's as good of a defensive performance as you're going to see from the Jets this year. It's on par with with the Herbert Monday night game. Yeah. Like, even – and the Eagles game, too, even though I feel like the Eagles game was a lot of Jalen Hurts, like, doing stupid turnover things. Like, in terms of how they just – clamp down on everything you could not ask them to do any more than they did which is why if zach didn't go crazy and they lost 13 to 6 again i don't know what we would have been doing on this show we would have been i would have been i would have i would have been apathetic just like i have been the last few weeks i would have expected it and been totally neutral about everything i would expect i would not have been that would have gone if they played like this that would have gone beyond the pale here's the thing they've like for as amazing as they were today, they've played like this before multiple times this season. This is just, we finally got to see what this defense can do with a good offensive performance. <laughs> like that. Well, this not, was, they don't have to be as conservative as they normally yeah. are because they're worried about one big play ruining everything. Now yeah. they can finally pin their ears back and attack. And look what happened. I know Stroud, I know Stroud didn't have the offensive line, but what has made him so good this year has been getting the ball out really quick and doing yeah. it downfield. For as good as he is, he couldn't do either in this game. There, I think their O line was pretty healthy for the most part. I think they were missing a left guard, but for the most part, it was pretty healthy. Like George Fant played; he was questionable going into the week. He played. 
they, their, their injuries were really in the skill position group, and obviously those were significant injuries. But they're playing a mostly healthy uh, offensive line for the for the Texans. I like the Jets built this roster, and this was kind of what I was saying before. The Jets built this roster to play with leads. They built the defense to play with leads because when this defense is the defense is at its best, when you like you said they can pin their ears back and just get after the quarterback and force teams to be aggressive against them. It's hard to do that when you're always trailing. But that's what do you think the Jets are? What like bottom five in total rushing yards allowed this season or whatever? Bottom ten because teams are just always in the lead. Like they're just pounding the rock against them. They built this defense to play with the lead. They just haven't been able to do that a lot this season. And now this week we finally saw that happen in the second half. We saw this defense at their best, arguably. I mean, honestly, the only gripes I have is that they had like three dropped interceptions. Somebody got to teach these corners, for as amazing as they are, to catch interceptions because, dude. I, every week they drop interceptions and it's 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 annoying, uh, but th- th- I mean this this is this is the defense that they envisioned and this is the defense that they envisioned playing with the offense that they envisioned, except it wasn't Aaron Rodgers the quarterback it was Zach Wilson. I just looked up Zach Wilson's EPA per play point zero eight that doesn't make any sense what they yeah, that what? they just said Zach Wilson had an average game by that said that can't be right, his expected QBR was fifty eight that can't be right. I don't know, man. Maybe they're penalizing him for guys getting open. I have no idea. Oh, no, and the fumble, and the fumble, but. Oh, yeah. They had to fumble. And it's not, it's, look, it's not a Zach Wilson start without one of those. Like, somebody got to teach this man to slide. He can't do it. He just doesn't want to do it. But other than that, I mean, it was, I don't, I want to say as flawless of a game as Zach Wilson's had. There was a couple of plays in the first half where it seemed like he had an open receiver and he, and he just kind of forced it into a, a, a position he shouldn't have. But, like, other than that, there's not a lot to be complaining about. And you know what? Fine. It's better than the other way of hold the ball too long and either get sacked or check it down at this point. Yeah. Let's get to a couple comments because uh, it's nice to finally do Victory Sunday comments instead yeah. of talking about firing solid, hiring Jim Harbaugh. It's finally nice to <laughs> to do that. Uh, RMO, Conklin made tremendous catches on a couple third downs. Like, I, I feel bad for Conklin because I don't know if he's going to be in like the long, long-term plans, but I think he's a really good tight end and he just got kind of the short end of the stick because of the whole quarterback situation, but he's very good. He's That's having the best year of his career. I, I know the stats won't necessarily show it. He's having the best year of his career. This is the best I've ever seen Tyler Conklin look. He's better than he was last year. Not that he was bad last year, but he's genuinely playing at a really, really high level this season. If he had, like, genuinely, I'm genuinely speaking, if he had, like, Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback for him this season, I wouldn't be surprised if he was pushing 850 yards. Like that, you that's, know what? that's that's good player development as we that means you have a I think a good coaching staff because players yeah. are getting better internally certainly on the defense we've seen it a lot mm-hmm. uh Josh Kerr do we win another game answer yes against the Patriots well I mean look at the schedule number one this was not a winnable game no this was not not on paper this was not a winnable game like obviously it looks good against New England if you could play anything like this I think probably Washington they have a shot if they play close to this and then obviously we'll get into Miami later and then Cleveland and uh, I think that's the end of the year, but I don't know. I don't think they're going to lose out if they play anything close to this. I don't think so. Look, I'm going to be completely honest right here, right? I'm not sucked in yet. I'm not sucked back in yet. I'm, I'm well aware. Look, the, the Colts lost, the Texans lost, Steelers lost, Jets won. I'm not sucked back in yet. I'm not a fool to believe that they can make the playoffs yet, but if they go out next week and beat the Dolphins, <laughs> Mike, I'm telling you right now. Oh, I'll be waving the pom-pom so hard. I am back on board rooting hardcore for the playoffs if they come out next week to beat the Dolphins because that's the hardest game remaining on their schedule. 
is the Dolphins. I mean, after that, you got Washington, Cleveland, and New England. That's not a particularly challenging trio of games. The Browns with Joe Flacco at quarterback. Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco against is just line. dicing up the Jaguars right now. So I don't this know. This defensive line against Joe Flacco, he's going to be sacked like eight times. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm not scared of Joe Flacco against this Jets defense. I am not. And I'm definitely not scared of Washington or New England. Like, absolutely not. So if they can somehow beat the Dolphins, I am absolutely not ruling out that they could potentially run the table. And I don't even know if that means Rodgers is coming back or you could potentially do it with Zach Wilson. But – if we get anything close to this level of performance from Zach Wilson in the offense, they absolutely have a shot to run the table. I'm not, I'm not back in yet. I'm telling you right now, I'm making it very clear. I am not back in yet. You sound back in. If they beat the Dolphins next week, Mike, if they beat the Dolphins next week, I am fully back in. Our Mo talking about the pass rush too. Huff and McDonald earning their paychecks because we actually had a lead. Like the, the thing too, like obviously we know Bryce Huff is really good. We can get into the debate, not on this show, probably a little bit later in the year about bringing him back, getting a comp pick, kind of letting everybody like that. That's a debate for later. We know Huff's really good, but looking at Will McDonald, this is why I just couldn't kill the pick because obviously it wasn't a a position of a ton of need. And maybe it was a little bit of an overdraft because I think no one had him going 15, even if you had him going in the first round. But I just like this guy so much as a player. It's hard for me to really knock it. And again, if Robert Sala has earned anything, he has earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to who to put on his defensive line because he can identify talent and he develops them, which shows that you know what you're doing in that area specifically. So Will McDonald, I think by the end of the year, is going to be playing a lot more. And you know what? Even though he didn't have like the greatest statistical game, he did have one sack, but he did. I mean, you could see when he's on the field, like guys have to worry about him. He's a legitimate problem. Like if they just put some weight on him, I think by next year, Maybe it's a little optimistic. He could be like a Bryce Huffy kind of guy where he's in that like seven, eight sack range, which that'd be a nice replacement for him. That's the exact role the Jets envisioned for Will McDonald when they drafted him. They quite li- I said this back in April. They quite literally drafted him to be Bryce Huff's replacement. They expected him to play that Bryce Huff role. Bryce Huff got better and he's playing a role that they didn't even expect Bryce Huff to play because he's now he's playing on, uh, on like first and second down as well, which is not what they envisioned for Huff going into the year. I don't know if they bring back Huff. Like you said, Mike, that's a, that's a conversation for a future date. I'm probably leaning towards that they they don't at this stage. I hope they do. I do, I do hope they do. But like, I agree with you with Will McDonald. I do think he's going to be a good player, even if I don't agree with the pick. And I still, unless he becomes like TJ Watt, I probably won't agree with the pick just because I thought that there were definitely better moves they could have made at the time. But I do think he's going to be a good player. And we're starting to see those flashes. I could definitely see a Jermaine Johnson like leap for him uh, next season. I do want to get to a comment here from Alan in chat about more about Zach Wilson. Uh, I'm sure you'll get to it, but in your opinion, why was Zach so much better today than he has ever been or almost ever been? I think some of it comes down to a mental thing with Zach Wilson. I think he was playing with, with basically all the weight in the world off his shoulders. He went out there. I don't even think he went out there like, Oh, he was pissed off. He had something to prove. I think part of it was that, but I think part of it was also like, he, he knew he knows he's not going to be on this roster next year in all likelihood. Uh, I know we, we haven't been able to talk about it yet, but there was a report that came out this past weekend. Uh, it was from, I forget the name of the outlet. I think it's like Deseret News or something like that. It is an oh, Utah-based like Utah outlet. Yeah, it's a Utah-based yeah. outlet where the report came out. And again, I, I don't know the credibility of this outlet, but it does make sense to me and seems feasible that a Utah-based outlet would have sources close to Zach Wilson. That makes sense to me. They cover BYU sports. This checks out to me. But the report came out that said that after Zach Wilson's uh, initial benching this season, him and Robert Sala had a conversation and they agreed to mutually part ways at the end of the season. 
which if that is true, let me make it clear, I think that it, it lends more credence to Zach Wilson being reluctant to play again. Because if, if you already had the conversation with the Jets and you're like, all right, I'm gone at the end of the year. You've agreed to it. You're going to trade me. I'm done. It makes sense to me that two weeks later and they're like, hey, you want to come back out there? That he would be like, well, you just told me I'm gone two weeks ago. What are you, what are you talking about? I get why he'd be a little more reluctant. But assuming that that conversation was had, I think that takes a lot of the weight off of his shoulders going into this game. I think it's partially that, and it's also partially what people are saying about Nathaniel Hackett. I think they absolutely opened up the playbook more today and and were more aggressive, specifically in the second half. Uh, and I don't think that that's something they started to do this week. I thought they've done that the last couple of weeks, too. Unfortunately, Tim Boyle sucks, and Tim Boyle couldn't execute it. There were guys streaking wide open against the Falcons, and Tim Boyle just could not find them. We saw that today, honestly, with probably a worse offensive line performance. While they weren't bad, I thought that last week against the Falcons was one of the best O-line performances that we've seen from the Jets in weeks, and that's not saying much. Uh, but Zach Wilson was able to execute, and Tim Boyle wasn't. So I think part of it was that. Part of it was that he didn't have a weight on his shoulder, and, and part of it was, like, when Zach gets in a rhythm, he gets confident. And when he's confident and in a rhythm, he can play really good football. He just snowballs, like, all the time. When things go wrong, they snowball for him. And, and, and I'm going to be honest, like you Jets fans, be honest. When he fumbled and CJ Stroud uh, scored that touchdown, mm. in the back of your mind, you were thinking, okay, this is the moment. Now, it didn't happen, it but didn't happen. He, he it didn't happened snowball. a bunch before. It, yeah, he didn't snowball this time. And that's a major credit to him. And I think part of it is because he just was not playing with pressure. Like, I feel, I feel like not like physical pressure, like the offensive line allowing pressure, but I feel like mentally he went into this game being like, what do I have to lose? Like, what do I have to lose? The Jets, obviously, I'm not going to be back here next year. I'm going to be traded. This is basically just Zach Wilson auditioning for a new team. And I think he played that way. He played like a guy with weight off his shoulders. And he played like a guy who, once he got no rhythm, he was dealing. Like, he was rolling out there. Uh, I, I just, we've seen that from him before. We saw it against the Chiefs as well. I just think it was a combination of of factors and just him playing very well. And we're, we're also saying this, we haven't even mentioned, the weather conditions were awful. So that's another thing that, because, that, you know, you know, if Zach Wilson played poorly, that would be the first thing that people point out, that, oh, he played poorly. Well, the weather was terrible, right? And That's what sure, the Texas fans are already saying. That's what the Texas fans are saying. Well, Zach Wilson just threw for 300 yards, completed, what, like 80% of his passes almost, 75% of his passes, and two touchdowns in terrible weather with a bad offensive line? I don't know, man. Like, I, I think it's a combination of factors for Zach Wilson, and I'm just – I'm very happy he did it. I, I still don't think he's on the roster next year, but – much like with Sam Darnold, I will be rooting for him. I, I want to see him succeed in the NFL. It would hurt, obviously, to see him succeed with another team. But for the Jets, this is a good thing because this means that if he continues to play well, that trade value is going up. And maybe you can get another Carolina Panthers situation where a team comes and says, you know what, I'll take it for a second and maybe he can be for a starting job next year. I wouldn't All rule right. that out if he, he plays well. criticize Joe Douglas a lot. If he gets a second for Zach Wilson. Who knows? I mean, dude. that is – all right. We need to have almost two GMs then, Joe Douglas for trade negotiations and then another guy for everything else. Because if that happens, because, man, he must just be the smoothest cat ever to get at that. But I want to get to a comment from a guy with a very good username, uh, All Gas, No Gase, which is a fantastic Jets team nickname. Why can't he be on the team if he plays well down the stretch? Would, he be, would we be so stupid to let a young guy go if he's playing well? And I see that argument, but... That's how you end up. That's, I think, how Joe Douglas ended up getting suckered into Zach Wilson for so long is he always leaned on the flashes, and we see it's there, it's there, and he, it's just somebody's got to get it out of him a little more consistently. 
And then that's how you end up with the majority of the year before this game, which was not very good, Zach Wilson. Marginally better than the last two years, but again, not anything to really write home about. For the Jets to keep Zach Wilson, which again, if they keep him, he can't be two. He'd have to be three, in my opinion, because you can't risk the first half of this year happening again. That would be malpractice. Like He literally, I think, would have to play like this in pretty much every game. Yeah, and then maybe you could be like, all right, maybe he finally something got clicked and he figured it out. It would have to be such a sharp improvement in such a short amount of time that it would have that it would be stunning, especially because it seems like both guys almost for their own benefit. I mean, Zach Wilson probably don't want to be here. Most of the people don't like him. Exactly. Yeah, some some of his teammates, like maybe not all of them, but some of them, I'm pretty sure don't like him. Like there's. No way that after the last two years, not one guy out of 53 just doesn't like him. He probably wants to just start fresh, new coaching staff, new playbook. Like, I think for it mutually, it just makes sense for both parties. Like, the only way I could see it happening, and even, again, they got to bring in another high-end QB, too, like a Tannehill or something like that. Tannehill at this stage of his career, at least, over Zach Wilson. Like, the only way he's back is if every game is 300 yards and two touchdowns, and they win, I don't know, three of them. Then you're like, okay, there's something to build on as opposed I mean, to just he, another Kansas up, City situation because people are probably saying this after Kansas City. I mean, if he puts up 300 yards and two touchdowns in every game, I think they win out. Like, I, I, I don't think they lose another game. If he's, if he has another – like, if he plays like this in every single game for the remainder of the season, I think they win out. I fully believe that they win out unless the defense has a complete meltdown against, like, the Dolphins or something, uh, which if they're ha- if, if it's against any team, I could see, like, Tyreek just going for, like, 180 yards and just – going off but yeah i think ultimately it's probably just in the best interest of both sides to move on especially if that report's accurate and the jets and wilson have already agreed to mutually part ways because say wilson does ball out say he does play like this the remainder of the season what is that conversation going to be like then after that how do the jets then go to wilson and say hey man i know we agreed to part ways but you kind of balled out so you want to come back next year like i feel like the, the relationship is almost irreparable at this point which yeah, I think there's fault on both sides for that. Um, but I, I I think there is a world where if Zach Wilson is on the roster next year, it's just not a very likely world. I think it's a very improbable world. He would have to play really, really, really well down the stretch. And because like with, with the stuff of like, oh, people in the locker room disliking him, I think if he's playing well, people aren't going to give a shit. Like, I really think that if you're playing well, players will like the quarterback. I ultimately think it just comes down to that. Like, I, I, I really, for as much as we've heard about, like, oh, some guys, you know, might be rubbed the wrong way by Zach Wilson, whatever. We saw the report, you know, DJ Bienemy dropped a, 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 you know, former Jets speed reporter. Shout out DJ. Also, fan-sided alumni, DJ Bienemy. I don't know how many people know that. So, really? shout out Fan-sided alumni. He wrote for the, the Louisville Cardinals site. So, shout out Wow, DJ. him and uh, and Jason Preston is in the NBA. Fan-sided Preston alumni. Preston on the Detroit Pistons. Uh, yeah, he, he also he also wrote for fan But anyway, he dropped the nugget. Uh, on like the Rich Samini podcast this past weekend that was like uh, a former he didn't do a great job of like protecting who the player was because he said it was a player who was on the Texans this year who was on the Jets last year uh, which is only two players that's George Fant and Sheldon Rankins and then he went on Twitter and said it wasn't Sheldon Rankins so this was George Fant who said this uh, basically <laughs> criticized something that he basically said Zach Wilson showed up uh, not late for a meeting, but it's kind of like customary that the quarterbacks are the first ones in, in, in all the meetings that Zach Wilson was like frequently not showing up early and was like, you know, 15 minutes early, or whatever it was not like the first one in there. And George Fan said, that's how he knew. Uh, I'm assuming this is George Fan, by the way, it's not confirmed, but 
seems pretty likely it was, uh, said that that's how he knew Zach Wilson wasn't the guy. So if George Fant believes that, I'm sure there are other guys in the locker room that feel that way, but I I would almost guarantee you that if Zach Wilson is playing like this every game, I don't think anyone's going to care if he's 15 minutes early to a meeting. Like, this will not be a conversation. Uh, so sure, if he plays this well, yeah, I could see a scenario where he's back, but in all likelihood, I think he just has a change of scenery and he's playing out the stretch trying to improve his trade value. I'm sorry. I got to I gotta light this guy up. You know, great job, guys. We win when we needed to tank. Tanking got you, Zach Wilson, in the first place. Do you are you a do you root for the Jets or for Nebula's organizational change? What's better? Doing the same thing that the Jets have done every other four years, firing everybody and getting a new quarterback that doesn't work? Like, like in a year, oh, all right, the all right, they're complaining. Oh, this is unwatchable. It's bad football. It's blah blah blah. Now they win by looking great. It wasn't 13 to 6. It wasn't the Giants game where people didn't even really love that win. They're just like, what the hell even happened there? That was just a weird one. Now they dominate a good team. Texans are a good team. And then it's, oh, we needed a tank. It's like, can you guys be happy for a second, please? Look, Do you want to be miserable or what? I never want to please fandom. So, like, I, I, if people want to root for the team to lose, they can root for them to lose. If they want to root for them to win, go for it, man. I feel like in this scenario, it's hard to be upset about this game. Like, it's really hard. I'm not going to lie. Going into this game, I preferred a loss. Like, I was, like, preferring a loss because I just expected if they won the game, it was going to be some stupid, shitty way that they've won their other games this year where it's complete luck, the defense balls out, and their offense somehow lucks into points, either with a safety or a pick six or something like that. If they won like that, we would not be this happy on the show. If the Jets won this game 13 to 10 and they required like a safety, well, I guess a safety would be weird in that situation. I guess it's possible. A safety and a defensive touchdown to make that happen. If that's how they won, I wouldn't be particularly happy. I'd be like, ah, cool. They won. Cool. That's fine. But this is different. Like, again, as I said before on the show, you are running it back with the same regime next year. You're running it back with basically the same or the same roster as well. You're going to make some changes, obviously, but it's going to be mostly the same core. And then you're just kind of going to plug Aaron Rodgers into the situation. You want to win games later in the year because you want to show that it can work. This is the formula that the Jets expected to win games with this year, and they did it without Aaron Rodgers. That gives me confidence that they could do it next year with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. That's It's as simple as that. So I'm happy that they won. I sure it would be nice to have a top two pick and be sure it'd be nice to have a top five pick. But honestly, this is probably more important showing that it can work going into next year, specifically with someone like Nathaniel Hackett, who we've been very hard on in the past. I thought he called a good game today. As we talked about, I thought he called, he's called a couple of good games in a row now. Um, and so that's encouraging. And I want to, I want to see more of that as the, the final stretch of the season is played out. It's just funny how the dialogue on Hackett has changed. Like we, we both don't still think very highly of Hackett. Oh yeah, no, agreed. We think he's very stubborn in a lot of ways, but like the idea that he's suddenly like, oh, you notice how there's no play calling and there's no offensive line things. Like, oh yeah, the offensive line I think was better generally than it mm-hmm. normally is. Now the Texans at Will Anderson. Outside of that, I think their front four is still not amazing outside of Will Anderson, but. It's amazing how just with marginal improvements and the quarterback throwing the ball to an open guy, which that's Hackett's job is to get guys open. Now all of a sudden Hackett looks really good and Zach Wilson's really good. Like it's pretty much, they're not operating like too differently from how they've operated. Maybe some tendency things are different. They're a little more risky, I think. They're a little more vertical than perhaps they were. But this is not like they were running a triple option and then started doing the air raid. Like, this is kind of similar. It's just there's slightly better execution in some key areas. 
This is an insane stat. Hold on. From Brian, our resident statistician in chat. The Jets today broke their tie with the New York Yankees with their 10th 10-plus point performance in the year 2023. The New York Mets still lead the Jets with 14 10-plus point performances this year. That is a hilarious stat. I just... Cool. Well, at least in baseball, there's more chances to get that. Yeah, many. there's a lot more games. They've played a lot more games this year, but it's still a really funny stat to look at. Uh, shout out the Mets. Go for the Mets. I grew up a Mets fan. I'm not particularly. Shout out the Yankees. They just got Juan Soto. Well, what the Mets. The Mets. Well, the Mets still lead the Jets. That's why I was shouting out the Mets. The, the Jets are tied with the Yankees. All right. I, look, I'm not. I'm not a Yankees fan, so I'm not. Shout out the Yankees fans. They got Juan Soto. Good for you guys. All right. Cool. I'm not a Yankees fan. So. Yeah, the Giants have eight. Only have eight. So there you go. The Giants are the worst offense in football. There you go. It's, it's well, New I guess not even New England after uh, after the Zap Man Bailey Zappy going nuts on Thursday night against the Steelers. What a week for marginal backup quarterbacks. Zappy, <laughs> Flacco, Zach Wilson. What a week what a, for those guys. What a, what a funny statement. Jake Browning. Well, he got didn't, oh no, he got hurt, but he had cramps. He came back. Came back in, but yeah, what a week for those guys, man! They are yeah. just been balling out lately. And this is what we like. We just wanted to see competent backup quarterback play, and this was it. This was this, this was, was more, more than that, even much more than it, much more than competent backup quarterback play. This was great. This was great, man. Now I know I just read uh, Chris the Riot Act for being negative after such a game, but if you'll allow me to indulge in some negativity. I'm now I'm as happy as I am about this game. Now I'm even more mad about yeah. Chargers, Raiders, Falcons, Patriots because now I know he can do it. Like yep. games like that, this was not playing the Jaguars the year they got Trevor Lawrence or like a team just playing out the string. Even Carolina right now, the Texans were fighting for a playoff spot, and they still are. And Zach just beat the stuffing out of them. Yeah. Why? So I know he can do it. And he did it for Kansas City. Why couldn't he do it against the Raiders or just like it uh, just the Chargers? It reinforces the belief that football is just an ultimate domino effect. When a couple of things go right, everything starts to go right. When a couple of things go wrong, everything starts to go wrong. All it takes is you just to get into a little bit of a rhythm with Zach Wilson playing well. Garrett Wilson played well. He was getting open. Nathaniel Hackett was pressing the right buttons in the second half. Also, we haven't talked about him yet. We're 38 minutes in. Brees Hall had one of the best games he's had in a long time. I mean, he's taken a lot of shit these last few weeks. Brees Hall looked really, really, really good today. Like, he, he was all the way back. This is probably the best game he's had since that Broncos game where he had, what, 177 rushing yards or whatever. He finished with, let me see, he was 10 carries, 40 yards. That's fine. He averaged four point yards or four point four yards per carry on the ground. That's the best he's averaged, I think, since the Broncos game. Uh, also, eight catches, 86 yards, and, of course, the touchdown this was the best he's looked in a long time, and that's good because Dalvin Cook did not – I mean, he didn't do anything. I know he left with the, the shoulder injury. He came back, but he had nine catch or nine carries or seven carries, 13 yards on the ground. I mean, this was all Brees. The, the, the entire uh, production from the Jets running backs in this game was Brees Hall. Dalvin Cook, eight total touches, eight total scrimmage yards. You know what? I'll give him this because Brees was struggling lately, and actually the last couple games Cook was okay. Yeah. Uh, Cook did, excuse me. At least they tried something different. They did. Like for all, for all the criticisms of this offense, like we thought they were too stubborn early on. Like lately, I'll give them credit. They are changing some stuff. They've changed they a bench lot. everybody who's need to be benched. They cut players. They did a whole philosophy change in terms of going from very conservative to a little bit more aggressive in this game. Like it hasn't worked outside of this game, but like 
I'll give them credit. Like, like trying and failing is better than not trying, in my opinion. I agree. At least they're trying to switch it up. They have, and that's why, if we're going to talk about the whole court, like, because because there's going to be so many people taking victory laps after the Zach Wilson performance. And look, I, I do I do I admit I'm wrong? Do I do that, Mike? Do I say that I'm wrong? No. Here, here's what I'm going to say. I think no, that I, the, they needed to bench him. They need to try yes, something different. I think that it was perfectly reasonable to to ask the Jets to bench Zach Wilson in that situation, mostly to try something different. Now, should they have benched him for Tim Boyle? No. No one asked for that. I didn't ask for that. Mike didn't ask for that. I can't imagine anybody other than Tim Boyle's parents were asking for that to happen. Nobody wanted Tim Boyle to play quarterback for the New York Jets. I wanted to see Trevor Simeon. Now, Trevor Simeon played very poorly in his quarter that he played that game. I said going into this week that I would have liked to see Trevor Simeon start this week because I thought it would have made sense to give him a chance, to just give him an opportunity because he hadn't really gotten one. I don't think Trevor Simeon does what Zach Wilson did in this game. I'll oh, no. Friend. Like like that play, it was third and 12. I think Renard beats Mekhi Becton, who actually yeah. was one of the work, uh, lower yeah, man, tackles in this yeah, game. Yeah. The other guys I think were better. Beats him. He did the BYU Pro Day throw. Spins away to the left. Garrett Wilson back over the middle like he, little, he literally did. Yeah, I, I I don't think that Trevor Simeon does what Zach Wilson did in this game. Now, do I stand by I thought that Trevor Simeon should have been given an opportunity? Yeah, I do. But I thought that he should have been given an opportunity instead of Tim Boyle. Uh, now, moving forward, I don't think I will. For, I don't think I foresee a scenario where I will say that the Jets should bench Zach Wilson. I don't care if Zach Wilson throws four picks next game. I'm probably going to be like, look, Zach Wilson still does give them the best chance to win because I don't think – the highs of what Zach Wilson has has shown are going to be what, what Trevor Simeon can provide at this stage. And I don't think they're going to be what Brett's Brett Rippon could provide either. Uh, and I think we also kind of said that at points too. Like, it's not like we were like, yeah, Zach Wilson's clearly the worst option. I never said that. I never said that. I, I said, give the other guys a chance, give Simeon a shot to see what he can do. That's, that's all I had said. Uh, and I'd also made it clear that I think that Zach Wilson does have the highest upside. And actually there was a, this was a few weeks ago we were probably talking about this because there was a report that came out why the Jets were sticking with Wilson as long as they were. This was before they benched him. And the report that came out said that they were sticking with Wilson because they believe he has the highest upside. And my biggest gripe when that report came out was that I agreed with that st- sentiment, but I disagreed with the way that they were actually utilizing him because they weren't using Zach Wilson as a high upside quarterback. They were pigeonholing him into a game manager. They were very scared. They were, they were playing really scared as an o- overall organization, not just on offense, the entire organization organizational approach was conservative and scared they've kind of gone away from that in the last few weeks they went away with that honestly once they benched Wilson I think they stopped playing scared on offense even with Tim Boyle unfortunately Boyle just couldn't execute it so part of it I do think is that uh and I I I I understand the sentiment for for wanting to take a victory lap here and look I I agree moving forward Zach Wilson's probably the best option I won't apologize for saying that they should have benched him and that it was the right decision to bench him, but I think it was definitely the wrong decision to bench him for Tim Boyle. That was that was stupid. Remember what we said when they were considering benching? I think the week before, if he if they're terrible, them being Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon, we'll be the first to get on here and say, boy, they yes. were terrible. But they weren't trying or looking like they were going to try, and that's what pissed us off. Yeah, at least they did it. It didn't work, but now you have clarity. Now you know. And then you went back to Zach, and what do you know? For at least one game, he executed the offense. Uh, Thomas Zog in chat, Zach plays well in facing highly touted opposing quarterbacks. Look how he played against Mahomes and Hurts, beat Rodgers last year, now Stroud today. I don't know if that's a Zach thing. I think for some reason, whenever they play these games where they look hopeless, because that's always what Zach Wilson does. Like Right when you think things are hopeless, he kind of pulls something out of his ass and makes you believe again. For some reason, when they get in those situations, they go, we got nothing to lose, F it. 
Let's be a little more aggressive. That's what happened in Kansas City. That's why the offense played as well as they did. That's honestly, I think, kind of what happened in, in the Philadelphia game. They're a little more conservative there, but I think they had that mentality. I just think they should have that more often. They should have had that the entire year because yes. they weren't they weren't going to win with Wilson running the Aaron Rodgers, be super efficient up here, get the ball where it needs to go off. And they were going to win by Wilson making some big plays. And if he turns the ball over, look how good this freaking defense is. They'll force a three and out or get another turnover. That's what we were going nuts about. It's not like a Zach thing. Like he's got this Baker Mayfield, uh, got a chip on my shoulder thing. Like it's not that. I think the Jets just kind of let him play a little more loose when they're going into the game as huge underdogs, which I just don't know why they didn't do that the entire year. It just seemed like they tensed up whenever they thought they could win the game, quote unquote. When the Jets play a high-powered offense, they feel the need that they need to score an offense as well. Whatever reason, they don't feel that need all the time. They should feel that need. Like, they should not go into any game thinking, oh, we could just lean on our defense to carry us in this game. We don't need to score more than 20 points, which that was literally Robert Sala's, like, he he said that to Tony Dungy earlier this season when he was talking about, what was the, which game was it? It was the Raiders game. He said, yeah, first to 20 is going to win this game. That can't be your mindset as a head coach. It cannot be your mindset as a head coach, and that is the biggest reason uh, that I think that the op or I don't know if the biggest reason, but I think it's the biggest issue I've had with their entire coaching approach this season. They're way too conservative. But like you said, Mike, when they're playing a team like the Chiefs or a team like the Texans, even though they're missing a lot of pieces, it's still a really good offense. They go into the game thinking they have to score. So their, their entire approach on offense is different. And we saw it this game. And you know what? That gives me some semblance of hope. For the Jets game against the Dolphins next week. Look at that second. Oh, that. I stole my transition. We were, we were doing the transition. That was, that was fun. We we're doing the transition at the same time. Yes. I think I think that gives me some hope going into that Dolphins game because they're going to go into that game knowing, hey, we need to score points. The other team has Tua, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. This is one of the most high-powered offenses. The NFL's seen Raheem Mostert have like 17 touchdowns this year or something crazy? He's, he's ball. I, genuinely, I also think Raheem Mostert is a very underrated player, even outside of like this game. That has been his whole career. Yeah, he's a very good player. Uh, Devon A-Chain is going to be playing. He's back. Obviously, we've seen what he can do this season. This is a high-powered offense, and I think the Jets are going to go in – potentially trying to score points which that's uh, like they have not done that in every game this year they have not gone into every single game thinking oh man we need to score 20 plus points to win this game so i think maybe just maybe that gives me some semblance of hope and as steven says in chat it's the hope that kills you yes it is i i i, I fully acknowledge that and i, I want to make it clear i'm still not back in i'm convincing myself at this point i'm not back in yet but it gives me some semblance of hope that they can go into that dolphins game with an aggressive excuse me, aggressive offensive game plan. And maybe just maybe they can score 20, maybe even 30 points again. Who knows? Well, the, the, the fun thing about this game is unlike the Tim Boyle black Friday game, like you can actually analyze it like a game. It wasn't just laughing at Tim Boyle. Will he get the ball over midfield? And then he didn't, he tried to hell Mary and we remember what happened there, but I still can't believe that happened. But yeah. uh, like in this game, the thing that I'm worried about other than the, super mega death star offense that's going to come when you play Miami is what we always gave Zach Wilson credit for, especially compared to the other quarterbacks was he found Garrett Wilson all the time. Like even sometimes if he had to force a little bit, like he yep. defaults to find Garrett Wilson more than the other guys did. Well now Jalen Ramsey's coming to town and Jalen Ramsey 
reports of his demise have been greatly exaggerated. He's still one of the best cornerbacks in the league. I think he had like a 0.0 passer rating when targeted his first couple weeks back. Yeah, And you could see his impact on this defense because Miami went from kind of below average high 20s in a lot of areas to teens in a lot of areas. Like they're legitimately playing really good ball. And then now Tua and the offense, probably they aren't as tight because they know, they know they don't have to score 40 points every game to win against good teams. So this game is going to depend. We'll get into this more on our uh, weekday show. This is going to depend on Nathaniel Hackett being creative again. I know that sounds like that sounds like a lot of trust to put Nathaniel Hackett. And believe me, I'm aware of that. I don't like doing it myself, but he's got to have some way to get a secondary option more involved. Maybe it's Brees Hall in the receiving game. Maybe they just go crazy and demand to pound the rock early on to try to just have Brees carry him on the ground. Maybe Tyler Conklin gets like nine or 10 catches against a linebacker core that's beat up. And I don't really love right now. Anyway, like people are also going to probably make fun of some of the jets corners. They get beat on long plays. Like this offense is insanely good. Like they're going to score points. No matter how good your defense is, they're they're going to get some. Tyreek Hill is going to get a big play. There's there's no way you can. He's just faster than everybody else in the league. So it's just minimizing that and finding somebody other than Garrett Wilson. Still going to him, but don't just. We were joking the other day. Throw it to him twenty five times. Like against Jalen Ramsey, that's a little bit of a foolish game plan. I, I looking at. I was trying to figure out what. <laughs> I swear I'm not back in. I was trying to figure out what the uh, the Jets playoff odds have jumped to after this game, right? I swear I'm not back in. I think they're around 20% right now, if I'm seeing this correctly. And there's a chance. That it seems rise, really high. It is a chance. Well, I think it's 20% if the – okay, if the Broncos lose today, I think it's 20%. I don't know. I'm trying to find – there's well, no – right now, they're winning, so. Well, Damn. <laughs> either way, either way, those odds will jump up a lot if they somehow beat the Dolphins. So this is like this is an important game, obviously. Uh, like you said, it's going to be incredibly tough to slow down this offense. It's it's one of the most high-powered offenses in the entire NFL, probably the most. Uh, Brian said it's twenty percent if they win out. Oh, that's what I mean. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have made that very clear. It's twenty percent if they win out. Hold on. Whoa. In my head, I said that. I didn't say that out loud. It's twenty percent if they win out. That's all right. That, that sounds more yes. reasonable. It's 20% if the Jets went out. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Mike, for correcting me. That is what I meant to say. It is 20% if the Jets went out, uh, which, hey, man, you're telling me there's a chance. That's all I'm saying. But, yeah, it's it's going to be really tough to stop this deep, this offense. Obviously, a few weeks ago, we saw them already. They're already meet, and the Dolphins put up 34 points uh, in that game. And I think the Dolphins' offense the last couple of weeks, granted they, they played the Commanders this last week, uh, has bounced back. They put up 45 points against the Commanders. But, again, it's the Commanders. Uh, but I think we've seen that offense kind of balance out with a defense that is – and has been very, very good since Jalen Ramsey got back. Like you said, their linebacker core is a little beat up. Jerome Baker just went out. I think he's not going to play this week. I don't know what the extent of his injury is, but I'm pretty sure he is out for this for the for a couple of games at least. Um, so they won't have him. Xavier Howard has had a bounce back season. They have Christian Wilkins, who I think has playing the best football of his entire career. It sucks that Jalen Phillips got hurt. That made me really sad because Jalen Phillips was – he, he was one of my favorite players in that entire draft class, and I know he had all the injury issues in college, so it, it sucks that he got hurt. Damn MetLife Stadium. I hate MetLife Stadium. It can go to hell. Like, oh, my God. Uh, but they, they, they got some great right nothing, that stadium. Yeah. Like, it's it, ugly, it, too. That's the thing. It, it if is. the Rams stadium had this turf, like, if you want, because it's this giant, gleaming mega palace. Yeah. Like, MetLife just looks like a giant air conditioner that they play yep. in a swamp. 
Like the fact both New York teams have this, not to sound like elite New Yorker here, but like you got to get real here. And it's finding creative ways to hurt players. Today, Brees Hall hurt his eye because the pellets from the turf got in his eye. Like it's it's trying to it's finding ways to hurt players now. Uh, this new the new turf is worse. It is. It has one. Hey, the, dude, we don't even need to talk about the insane offensive line injuries because I, I just I, it's it's ridiculous. Tipman got hurt again. Tipman got hurt again. Chris Glazer was playing center. I mean, when Jake Hansen started right guard, we had Billy Turner playing right tackle because Max Mitchell got hurt. And the only reason Max Mitchell was playing was because Carter Warren got hurt. And the only reason he was playing, you understand. Uh, but Dwayne I, I Brown is active, but he's also not playing because he's been he's playing as a, as a tight end, dude. On that play where the the before the Brees Hall touchdown pass. Uh, Dwayne Brown not only went for a route, he was the primary read on that play. And I thought that was so funny. I legitimately, I was like, you know what, Nathaniel Hackett, shout out. That's really funny. Good work. Uh, the stadium would have erupted if, <laughs> if, if uh, he caught that. Con- Remember Connor McDermott? The yes. This, this would have been even cooler because Dwayne Brown's like 39 years old. Like, he, he they don't even think Dwayne Brown's healthy enough to play a game at left tackle right now. They don't even think he's healthy enough to start a tackle. And he would have caught a touchdown pass. That would have been amazing. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun, at least on the midweek show when we go like fully in depth about this game to actually have analysis. Cause now it's not going to be like, Oh yeah. If the jets turn them over five times, they might be able to win by three points. Like we've seen the offense do well. So now we can actually go into this game and say, all right, here's how they should attack. They should attack with Tyler Conklin against the beat up linebacker core of the dolphins. Like there's, there's ways they can attack this team, whether it's Sosco or whether it's Jalen Ramsey or even Xavier Howard, uh, they should, Garrett Wilson should be able to get his, because like you said, if Zach Wilson's going to do one thing, it's he's, he's going to feed Garrett Wilson. Uh, so I, I'm ex- looking forward to that, to us actually being able to analyze this game fully on Wednesday. That's at least a step up. Stephen Farrell, Lazard doing an Undertaker sit-up and going for 100 yards and a touchdown. In what world is Alan Lazard doing that? In what world did Zach Wilson just throw for 300 yards against the Texans and then they won and they dominated? Who knows, man? I don't count anything out with this team. I think we got the best stat to end it on. Uh, Dwayne Brown had the same amount of targets as Alan Lazard. And I believe the same amount as Randall Cobb, who caught a touchdown pass today. And it worked. Game plan worked. worked. I'm not even when Cobb caught that touchdown pass. My first thought was, "Oh my God, Irv Charles caught a touchdown!" And I thought I saw, it was Brownlee, but he was I, even well, playing. He's not even, he's not he's even not that. playing. That's how warped my brain is. Right I thought now. it was Irv Charles, and then somehow I was more shocked to find out it was Randall Cobb. <laughs> I almost thought Cobb was inactive too. So like, well, I, I, I knew he was a mystery man. Yeah, just because I believe Brownlee was out, so all the other wide receivers were active. But I like somehow Randall Cobb catching that touchdown pass was more shocking than Irv Charles catching that. And how many touchdown catches does Irv Charles have in his NFL career? I've Genuinely, one, I, one I don't two. know. It's probably like one or two. I it's um nope. Irv Charles has never caught a pass in his NFL career. And somehow Randall Cobb catching that touchdown pass was more surprising to me than Irv Charles catching that touchdown pass. That's that's that sums it up. That's about a microcosm of this game. Uh thank you for joining us on the Jet Press podcast. It's nice to finally be positive and talk about not only wins, but dominant wins for crying out loud, instead of shrieking like a banshee at the lack of offensive anything or complaining that they're wasting this defense. They did for most of the year, but not today. Not today. So we'll be back on Wednesday. As always, thank you for Joining us here, you can subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever it may be, get your podcast. Overcast, Overcast. And Overcast, we're on all those sites. Make sure to give the stream a like and leave a good review on Apple Podcasts because that will just help with driving us up the review charts. So, Justin, 
for the first time in a month and a half, we can say the Jets are winners. <sighs> feels good, man. It's just, it feels good. Like, it, it feels good. And like you said, it feels good that they didn't just win. They freaking dominated, dude. Like, this, this gives me hope. Hope is the enemy. I know that. Hope is the devil. I'm aware. But it gives me hope for next season. And maybe, just maybe, this season as well. Maybe. Okay, now let's, let's <laughs> put down the... Let's put that We're down there for a second there. Speed I'm racing. so close. I want to be back so bad. I want to be back so bad. I want to root for this team to win games. Anyway, all right, all right, all right. I mean, I'm, I'm getting away. I'm getting carried away. By the way, Jets are now eighth in the lottery odds, in lottery odds, in the draft odds. Hey, so hey, they still got a top 10 pick. So you know what? Yep. Still got a top 10 pick. That's fun. That's fun. I'll be rooting against the Broncos and uh, the Raiders and uh, – Titans, I guess. I don't know. Titans, or, or no? I want. We want the Titans to well, Titans beat the to, Dolphins. Yeah, I guess we want to beat the Dolphins. Yeah. Anyway, though, until until Wednesday, until maybe I'm sucked back in even further. Thank you all for joining us on the show today. You can follow Mike on Twitter at by Mike Luciano. Follow me on Twitter at Justin T. Freed. Follow Jet Press at the Jet Press. Download Jet Press podcast wherever you get your podcast. Also check us out on YouTube and TikTok. Subscribe, like, hit that notification bell. You guys know what to do. We stream live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time and live immediately following every Jets game, whether it's a loss or a dominant blowout win. Thank you all for joining us on the Jet Press Podcast today. I have been Justin Freed. That has been Mike Luciano. I'll see you guys next time. See you on Wednesday. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.